All right, so we're talking about uh, visual identity, branding systems, and everything like that. I think you're a really great person to talk about this with. And as I mentioned in, in the beginning of the show, I want to um, kind of shed some light on our industry and how it all, all works. Um, for someone just entering the field in this space, you know, they've done some work in college uh, or university, as they say, across the pond. They have a couple of different um, projects that they've worked on. But a lot of it is just like logos or it's printed material or it's like a website. But they want to have a case study that really shows the breadth of a full branding identity system. If you are putting that together from scratch with a very limited perspective, like what is the, the best way to do that? And as somebody who's hiring, um, what are you kind of looking for? There's two parts or two halves to your question. The first is what am I looking for in a portfolio from someone who is is coming in at entry level at the associate level and then the second part is how do you how do you build a system or a portfolio that shows off systems work versus just identities and logos yeah so let me let me start with the first one so cool. it's important to and i was what i'm about to say is i was a victim of what i'm about to say when i was coming in so i always feel it's helpful to share which is when people are looking to hire you right out of college and stuff, they're not looking for you to come in with like expertise and be a badass and show your complete business acumen and just be this total like um, machine when it comes to leading and building things. What they want is they want somebody who's coming in with uh, an ability to self-lead, meaning you're responsible, you meet deadlines and you also over-deliver on your deadlines and also someone who has a really interesting uh voice through their design or through their writing or through their artwork um the the role of someone who is entry level whether it's called junior designer associate designer or just designer in the company your role is to take direction interpret it go off and explore as fast and as wide as possible bring back all of that to answer the ask, but also to build on top of the ask. One of the things that I really get frustrated with is when I'm leading young designers who I give some direction to and they bring me back exactly what I asked for. I know it sounds completely, <laughs> I, I know it sounds like completely wrong. Right. In the sense that like, well, you asked me for this and I'm delivering it. Why are you disappointed in what I delivered? Because every, every direction that somebody gives you, or like in, in your work, is a starting point. They're giving you direction. They're not giving you a deliverable. And that's mm -hmm. the point. A direction goes on, on and on as long as you want to walk it. A deliverable is a hard stop, meaning just give me this. Give me this slide with this image on it. But if I say, I want you to go and explore you know, typography that's really playful, and then another direction where typography is really rigid and locked in in like an architectonic way. And if you come back and just give me one example of each, you, you gave me a deliverable. You didn't give me a direction. You didn't explore a direction. I would want you to say, okay, I blew out 50 versions of each of these. But then I also said, let me bring them together as a, as a third version. And oh, by the way, here's a fourth version that I just popped into my head as I was working on. I don't know if it's any good, but I want to show it to you. Like volume and expressiveness and variety are the things that are highly valued when you're at an associate level. And if you can then bring in a brilliance of craft, a really uh, fine-tuned aesthetic sensibility on top of that, all the better. 
like all like having those three things wrapped up with each other is is what makes somebody at the junior level desire like highly desirable uh to work with and then you know through a year or two you'll eventually get to a point where you know your voice is more refined you know how to work with the process you can edit yourself before you present things and stuff mm -hmm. and that's part of the growth curve of it um so that's that's really what i'm looking for when i'm looking through portfolios is someone you know disciplined is someone can someone produce a ton of stuff and work in a lot of different varieties does a person have a really interesting aesthetic sensibility and then um finally uh do they are they really attuned to craft like do they have an like a color do they have an artistic sensibility a typographic sensibility a structural grid system sensibility like it's always i want to know where that craft is that they that they are um, when it comes to the question of like brands and systems, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Making a logo is not impressive. Right. I mean, if, if we remember like, and again, this is something else Lisa, Lisa worked on, um, the USA Today logo was a circle. Mm -hmm. If you presented to me that alone as a circle, I'd be like, mm. but yeah. the thought and the thinking and the systems and the way that rolled out across the newspaper, uh, that Lisa did while she was at Wolf Owens was brilliant. That's what made it powerful. And the reason is, it's not just because we want to see more work or, or anything like that. There's very practical reasons why systems matter more than identities. It's because with the way that companies have, have expanded, really should say exploded the number of touch points in the world, the amount of content they have to put up, the amount of different audiences that they have to appeal to, you can't just rubber stamp a logo on everything and think it works. I mean, for instance, like a logo in a Twitter feed avatar is different than a logo on the front of packaging. Like mm -hmm. they have to work in different ways, but a brand has to appear in both places. So you have to understand how the system works. So the idea of your identity can expand and modulate across all of those different ways. And like in the example with the Chobani, we have all these different people we have to appeal to with different products. And the products have oftentimes very different opposing sometimes opposing um, points of view on what makes them special or what makes them Chobani-esque. And so we have to find a way to modulate the system and modulate the language, knowing what to leave behind, what to pull forward to bring these very different products, speaking to these very different audiences into the Chobani family. So it feels like a, a cohesive whole and cohesive whole can mean a common graphic system across everything, like the way Coca-Cola does stuff or it can mean a common tonality across everything, like the way a Nike does it, for example. Right. And you just have to learn how to do all that type of stuff. And so you wouldn't know how to do all of that coming right out of school, but being able to show that you understand the need for building a dynamic system for an, for, for an identity so that it flexes is really important because if i see a lot of portfolios where people just rubber stamp the same colors the same logo the same logo pattern right. on top of stuff um they just have command all, d and have it like repeat like a pattern yeah yeah or like <laughs> here's my logo on a bag but it's big here's my logo on a t-shirt but it's an angle it's that was like, me that was me the first time i showed you my book you guys were <laughs> you guys were kind of like okay cool yeah cool yeah, so so it's it's great that you know how to copy and paste a logo, but that's not what you're going to be asked to do or what you need to do to solve the problems when you become a working graphic designer or brand identity. Uh,